Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. George Norrie along with Stephen Quayle. Stephen, I've always over the years seen you and have met you to be a very spiritual person. So here's the $64,000 question. Are the angels fallen ETs or are the ETs fallen angels? Well, first of all, fallen angels, one-third of the angels, and they're innumerable. You know, somebody always wants to ask me, the ETs are, many of them, are the fallen angels' genetic attempts at creation. That's what a lot of the artifacts are showing. You know, when Zechariah Sitchin put out his different books, on, and the word Anunnaki came into the, if you will, the contemporary language, okay, it literally meant from those from from it meant those from who from heaven fell. So the word fallen and fell are similar to both the biblical account of one third of the nation of the angels in heaven rebelling. And what's interesting, George, is all of the beings that we're seeing on all of the different artifacts. By the way, we've turned over I think close to forty different alien species. Now, what's interesting wow. about that is some of the oldest records in antiquity are always talking about the hybrid beings, obviously being everything from uh, satyrs. Uh, we're seeing hybrid creatures now. Uh, people are getting freaked out because a lot of the things are coming into our dimension. I would say they're trans-dimensional beings and entities. And quite candidly, the whole purpose, in my opinion, of, of transhumanism, or what you know the scientists are talking, singularity, doing away with the human race and putting something in its place. That's the oldest lie in antiquity, even going back beyond Greek mythology, going back beyond Babylonian mythology, going back to ancient Egyptian mythology. And what's fascinating 
is, is that the fallen angel motif is always associated with giants. For instance, people have always seen and used the same images of a giant king, you know, Assyrian or even uh, Sumerian sitting on a uh, throne uh, holding what looks like a purse and having people normal-sized humans standing up to its uh, knees. You're, you're familiar with that image. Yeah, great image. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of the most famous images in history. Well, very few people understand that there is a, if you will, a dictionary and also a timing sequence called Manetho's Table of Kings that literally goes back 450,000 years before men even existed on the planet. So, in essence, to answer your question... It is my, now, I guess you'd say, researched opinion, and obviously people will disagree with that, that the fallen angels in their genetic manipulation of DNA that was created, created many of these beings. And for the record, what's, what's even more telling is that's exactly what many of the glyphs, if you will, the uh, images, the symbols on whether they're rocks, whether they're on uh, everything from obsidian, believe it or not, to uh, mother-of-pearl inlaid uh, uh, tiles, they tell the same story. They tell the same story over and over. But again, you have two camps. You've got the camps that the aliens created us and there is no God. You've got the camp that obviously I'm coming from, the biblical perspective that there was literally a fallen angel civilization on earth and that it rebelled against god and the destruction of that prior golden age is why you see in the book of genesis in the first chapter that the command of the living god to go out and replenish the earth and it talks about chaos being on the face of the deep and tohu and bohu are two words that basically mean without form and void and that's in essence god judged the fallen angel civilization on earth now people obviously that don't have a biblical perspective are going to have a real hard time with that. But yet it's fascinating because even in the Sanskrit and some of the really the most ancient Indian writings from the continent of India, there's, we're seeing things that are showing up like alien treaties. And obviously uh, Oppenheimer, that was one of the inventors of the atom bomb, quotes a famous line that he has become the destroyer of worlds, and we, we see evidence of vitrification, desert sand, throughout different places in the world being turned to glass and talking about ancient uh, nuclear weapons. And so a lot of these great civilizations seemingly disappeared under great external pressure, weapons that now we are just now finding. And I was told by a four-star general, I've told this on stories so many times in different programs, but that the the looking and the quest, the looking for and looking after ancient weapon systems and ancient technology is a specific charge to the world's major intelligence agencies. In other words, everybody wants to be one up on another country. And Hitler was the one under the Ananerbi uh, that he sent all over the world. It was basically the same theme that uh, Steven Spielberg used in Raiders of the Lost Ark. But what most people don't know is that the ancient technology of the Indians, the Vimanas, and the flying machines all tie together even to Uma Uma, the extrasolar craft that came in. And George, that point of contact in the orbital uh, intersection of an area between Mars and Jupiter, 
is literally where antiquity stated there was another planet. And the planet was called Rahab or Astra. And scientists are still trying to figure out today, I believe they know, but they can't talk about anything that would obviously uh, uh, offend the evolutionary biologists or the people that are in charge of keeping the false narrative going. But it's interesting that an extrasolar object would come, and again, kudos to the uh, Harvard scientists that brought that point up. Not the point I'm making, but that thing was under a, a intelligent control. And again, had we not been to Mexico on the expedition, uh, which right now, phase three is underway, and it's leading us into uh, Latin America and South America, following the leads of all of the people that are finding the different artifacts, and Jesse G., my guy who's the uh, director, people from all over uh, South America, Latin America, and Mexico contact him. And what's, I, I just was showing this the other day. I didn't even know this, but there were on, there's on eBay people selling from the same area. There's so many of these artifacts that it's kind of like... Uh, You've got to go to the different strata or different depths of soil to find them. But everything we find is in real time, and we locate them and dig them on camera. We have them from the – and this is important. There's a shot on the carousel showing that we make sure that everybody understands that here's the area, here's it being filmed in real time, and some of it's laborious footage, but we have to prove to people that this is going on. And isn't it interesting that, as I've talked on your show since we've known each other for decades, the Smithsonian keeps coming up. And by the way, the 31,000 uh, artifacts that Charles Root had in the same area, the general area, I mean, we're talking about within a 50 to 100 square mile radius of where we found these artifacts, the point that's critical is that they end up in the Smithsonian, and the trail ends there. So the Smithsonian hmm. is the gatekeeper for, if you will, the controlled narrative of real history. I documented in one of my films that, uh, you know, literally there, there were hundreds and, and totally, in total or in totality, thousands of newspaper articles talking about so-and-so was a farmer in the, uh, you know, Illinois area or Cahokia Mounds or the mound-building areas of the surrounding states, and they find giant skeletons. They go to the Smithsonian. They disappear. And for the record, uh, people are now breaking, uh, I say, ranks and telling what the Smithsonian really has. For instance, the Egyptian citadel in the Grand Canyon the Smithsonian's official narrative, oh, that didn't exist. There was nobody by the name of the famous explorer that claimed to have found the uh, Grand Canyon Citadel. There's only one problem with that. They have his entire notes and all of the artifacts that he took out of the Grand Canyon. In, in our uh, documentary film, and it's on the trailer, too, we're providing people with an understanding that if you control the narrative. We're watching that happening on the whole world stage as World War III, nuclear war, you know, that's not the scope of tonight's 
uh, interview, but the point is... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is you control the narrative, you control the outcome. And so getting back to the original point, the government has a lot of reasons to cover up. There are over at least uh, that we've uncovered that are in the glyphs 12 to 14, because the other two are being uh, deciphered right now, of agreements. So when you see agreements going back, you know, seven, 8,000 years between aliens and humans, whether they're in India, whether they're in Egypt, whether they're in uh, Anger Wat, all over there are the secret agreements. So it's fascinating that right now, as again, 
the skies above are telling a very different story than the false narrative that, and, and I can't believe the senators and the congressmen and the government still believes that, gee, we don't know what these things are. They know perfectly well. Stephen, with a couple minutes before the break, we're going to take calls with you next hour. Tell us about the Egyptian and alien connections in the America's film. Well, they, and the trailer is on the Coast to Coast uh, website, and I would encourage everybody, the film, and I want to make it clear, the film is uh, right now in production. Uh, we've got literally, uh, literally terabytes of film that we've gotten acquired of our own and stuff and interviews and everything. But the thing that's interesting about the film is it's the alien Egyptian connection in the Americas because a standard line of, you know, uh, uh, Powell and the Smithsonian was, oh, these Egyptians, they never traveled all over. There's no Egyptian artifacts in the United States. Well, the place, uh, we're filled with them. They're found all over the place. So what's critical about this is you cannot separate the Egyptians. For instance, the Swiss did a really quick study on, I think, seven or eight of the pharaohs because they had DNA they could type. Only one of them had non-human DNA. And interestingly enough, I think it was Amenhotep IV. So isn't it fascinating that, in essence, in Egyptian history, they were the gods, okay? The original, oldest dynasty in Egyptian history, they claimed to be the gods from, that came from the stars. And that's the standard thing, whether you're dealing with, uh, uh, by the way, the word star in Hebrew can also mean messenger. So what I'm saying, the bottom line is, is that there is a supernatural war going on and that there are one-third of however many angels God created that are in rebellion against him and humanity is cooperating with them for their ultimate goal. Their ultimate goal is the destruction of the human race. And I think people are seeing that every day and watching different videos of all the different uh, uh, revelations that are coming out of what I call injecticide. Monday is Christopher Columbus Day, and I think you contend the Egyptians got here before he did. Absolutely, and I think all of the, uh, when they're talking about, you know, the, the, the anger over Christopher Columbus, let me tell everybody this. Columbus, you know, and the uh, naming of America, uh, they claim, classic history says it was named after Amerigo Vespucci, but when you get into the ancient history of the Americas, uh, the United States, uh, the United States, forgive me, the North American continent, the South American continent, continent were basically named Amaruka, A-M-E-R-U-C-A. That meant the land of the plumed serpent. And interestingly enough, that's what Quetzalcoatl is, is all about. And we know the, uh, the history of the Mayan, the Incan, and the Aztecs, but going back even further than that, we ultimately arrive, and here's the bottom line, we arrive at giants being in uh, the Americas. We arrive at heavenly beings, always portrayed with wings, and messing around with earth women and producing a race of hybrids. So, uh, you know, people that want to take on Columbus Day, they got to go back seven, 9,000 years. And Cairo, and I've said this before, which is fascinating, literally means city of Mars or Mars That's encampment. Right. Right. And now we're finding out that Mars has water. We're finding out that there might be life on some of the Martian microscopic life. And everything we were told wasn't true about Mars is now coming to pass that, hey, there really were canals of water on Mars. The ice caps really do melt. 
And so, in essence, it's fascinating that the, the argument simply is this. Do people believe that God created mankind or aliens? My answer to the people that say the aliens created us, I said, you mean to tell me some of those artifacts that you can see on the Coast to Coast page, the carousel, that that kind of an ugly creature created the beauty of, of uh, you know, the most handsome man, the most beautiful woman, uh, that out of that type of projection came the greatest masterpieces of art and music? Of course not. So everything's after its likeness and kind, and the fallen angels and their genetic manipulation goes back through history. And what was blowing all of my different uh, uh, scientists, they told me, I asked them the same question, what was the most mind-blowing um, result of all of what you've been translating? This is a dozen people around different places in the world. And they said, we could not get away from all of the mention of the manipulation of human DNA and the distinction different separate apart of the alien DNA. In other words, it was basically the same thing that the aliens were doing with human DNA and the abductions. How many times did, you know, decades ago we talk about abductions and women being put into a, uh, you know, some kind of a hypnotic state and having their eggs taken and then the, the aliens coming back to retrieve their children. That's the oldest narrative in the world of the genetic manipulation of womanhood that has been taking place, and we're seeing it now more and more. And I think, George, what we're watching, if you will, is a recreation of Genesis 6 on a laboratory basis that said the sons of God saw that the daughters of earth were fair, came unto them, and produced a race of giants, which are called the Rephaim. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.